Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hey, everybody. Today's show is with Jacqueline Lukic. Hi, Jacqueline. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. You guys are in for such a treat because she has all these amazing talents. And the main one I'm interested in is she's a numerologist and she's a consultant and she uses all this uh, spiritual woo-woo business stuff and she merges it all together. So she's my kind of gal. You guys are going to love her. So it will be really fun. I have pages of questions for you, my girl. Awesome. (laughs) So everybody, let me tell you about Jacqueline. She's a numerologist, NLP and feng shui master, leadership advisor, business strategist, and relationship therapist. What do you do in your spare time? Real estate invest. No. There you go. With close to 30 years of experience, she's helped thousands of individuals and businesses overcome obstacles and achieve their goals. So like I said, you're, you're just like this souffle of all these amazing ingredients that I want to dive into and, and get your input on them. Tell us what exactly is numerology and how can it help us in our everyday lives? So there's many, many books out there to uh, share with the world what it is. And some of them are a little complicated. Ask me how I know. Uh, Numerology is, for me, what I've been able to really extract from all all my learnings and experiences is it's a blueprint to your life. It's very simple. It sounds complicated, but it's simple. So when you're born, you are born at the time that you're born, how the earth, how the planets, the energy, the energy that's emitted at that moment is what you beat to. So once I have your birth date, obviously I need to write it down. I actually take your birth date and I calculate all the numbers. I add them all up and then I bring them down to a single digit. And based on that single digit is actually your soul number, your life purpose, your actual vibration that you continuously beat to consistently throughout your life. Now, the vibration could be raised and lowered, but it always stabilizes back to who you are, and then you work within it. The secondary piece to that is we take the actual year that we're in, for example, this year that everyone is in is 2023, equates to a seven. Seven equates to a spiritual year. Hence, all the wonderful things we're experiencing on this planet. Everybody has to either come to their knees and go, okay, uncle, I'm ready to make a transformation, make a change, or I'm ready to take action. So it's a wonderful year to be in. But what I do is I take your birth date and your birth month, and then I add it to the, birth, uh, to the year that we're in currently. 
And that number gives me, I bring it down to a single digit, and that gives me where you are in our nine-year cycle. So every nine years, we actually have the opportunity to change our life. If we want change in our life, that's a great time to do it is either in your ninth year or your first year. And there's two in between that, that are really huge points where we can make changes. So I think it's fascinating. I love um, observing human nature. I love studying psychology and I'm a, 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 I'm a student all the time. Everywhere we go, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what they're doing. Why are they doing this? So I'm always observing. Everybody is a subject for me. So when I get the, the uh, birth date, after that, it's really simple. We sit down and we look at where you are right now, what you're, what you're wishing to achieve. Um, and then we plot the map, you know, it's a blueprint. You take the blueprint and then just like a house, you design a house that you want and now you want to renovate. Well, great. Now we're going to renovate this part of the house and it could be your relationship. It could be your business. It could be your health. All of these things fall into the place of what you need to do based on the year that you're in. So it's really fascinating. It never, ever ever, never. And I know don't say never. It never fails. I have had people come and say, that's not going to happen. I'm like, well, first of all, you're right. Because if you choose it not to, it won't. However, it always works. Just like feng shui, you don't have to believe in it. It works. So um, it's very fascinating. So it's simple, but yet it's amazing. Well, I just did some quick math. (laughs) while you were talking with my birth date and I got down to the number seven. Oh, that's no wonder what you do. So let me ask you to do this. So take your month. Yeah. Add, add the two numbers together. Right. And take your uh, date, uh, the day, add those yeah. two numbers together and then right. add your year together. I did. I did. And then add them uh, and then bring them down to a single digit. I did. It's okay, seven. good. And now add them. You came up to what number? Seven. Okay. Then you're spiritual. No wonder what you do. This is like right in alignment with you. So your life path is spiritual. You are definitely 100%, obviously, we know, connected. So when you're a seven, and some who don't know it, they're actually nudged and prompted to be aware that, that they have this connection and they fight it. But you have taken yours and you have taken it to a wonderful level where you're helping so many people. And that's incredible because you have a direct line. As you know, you already, you already show it with everything that you do. So you're spiritual. And then if you take your month and day and add it to the number seven, because we are in the seventh uh, year on the planet, that'll give me where you are in the, your nine-year cycle. 32. So you're in your, so you're in transformation. Three, two, five. Yeah. So you're in your transformation year. This is a beautiful time. And it's interesting because June, July, August, no matter what year you're in is usually that is the take action, things happening, things moving. You know, you can think about it all throughout the year, but once June, July and August hit, something prompts you to make changes. So for you right now, somewhere in your life, you're transforming you are going from keeping yourself in a cocoon or you're keeping yourself in a in a place that's safe and you're like, well, this is really working. Why do I want to disturb? That's what you need to actually explore because there's so much more 
to what's happening, then you can see. So you're transforming into your next level. You're maybe, you know, ascending to another level. You're probably getting downloads. You're getting probably a really big download in the next three, four months in the remainder of this year. You will be getting downloads from the higher source and it will take your business. It'll take you to the next level. And actually next year, you're going to take some pieces of your business and go, this has served its purpose. I can lay it down for now. It served its purpose and I own it and I'm proud of it. Yet this is very intriguing and this is going to open some more doors. That's going to be amazing. Already doing it because I've taught 19 classes Ah. online on Zoom and now they're going to live and the first one's in November in Atlanta. And it's a huge commitment for me to do that. So yeah, yeah, already doing it. And then, of course, you know, after that, we, you have you have another three years to enjoy everything that you're doing because the seventh year will bring you back to spiritual. But for you specifically being a spirit, spiritual number, it'll just going to enhance and confirm that what you're doing feels so right. And it's so important that your eighth year, which you're in your fifth year now, 23, 24, 25, your tw- 2025 is going to be a huge, huge abundant year of good, whether it's monetary, whether it's health, whether it's, you know, a new circle of people, it's going to be amazing for you on, on the eighth year. And then the ninth, you're going to complete and you're going to go, what do I want to do next? And then you get to decide. (laughs) So it'll be wonderful. Right. And then you add the fact that I'm an entrepreneur. So I'm always thinking of new things to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Well, that sounds a lot like astrology to me because astrologers need to know birth date, birth year, you know, birth time, all that jazz. So how is astrology or are they astrology and numerology? Are they related? So great question. And I get this all the time. They can be related in the aspect of those who are looking into both. It's always good to have different modalities to be able to determine, you know, whether it's you're confirming to yourself, am I on the right path? This says so. Let me try this one. Let me try. So to bring it to simple forms, it's like, you know, those, you know, self-testing, like the Enneagram, uh, the, um, what is it? The other one is like uh, Byers, Byers, Myers-Briggs tests. It's all about, it's, it's all different modalities to get to know self. How numerology and astrology work together is they're both different, but knowing, for example, what, how I use it, maybe that's better explained. If I know what zodiac sign you are, I take that into consideration based on the traits of a, that zodiac sign and based on all those things. And then I take what your, what are your, um, Astrology um, is in Chinese, uh, you know, uh, calendar and what you are there. And then I actually bounce them and cross-reference them. So that's how we do it. I have a fabulous friend who's an astrologer. She's absolutely amazing. And we bounce things off of each other. She's like, okay, I know this means this numerology. And how do I put this for this client? And how do I? So we mix the two. But I don't. I don't know astrology. So I reach out to her. I know a little bit, but, uh, you know, I leave it to, to the expert. It's a lot, it's complicated. And I follow, for example, she'll give her newsletter every, every month and we'll have our little meeting and she'll say, 
the planets are aligned here. We're going to be in retrograde. This is going to happen. This is going on. This is happening. So I know what's happening on the planet. And then with my clients, if we're in retrograde and they want to sign a contract, I'm like, you might want to hold off just a little bit. Because, <laughs> Or if you're buying a new car, like I postponed getting my car because it was, it was delayed, delayed, delayed. And it finally arrived, of course, on retrograde. And I'm like, you all hang on to it for a while. <laughs> so that's how I use it with astrology. Well, I love astrology and I don't know jack about it. I know that there are signs. I can I can I'm a Taurus, but I don't know, Ooh. short of whatever. But I but when they'll say, Okay, my Venus is in my Mars house circling Pluto on the ninth moon, I'm like, Okay, what's the bottom line? What's it mean? I don't need to know all those details. Those are weeds. Give me the bottom line here. And that's the businesswoman side of me. Do and you feel the same way? I do. And, you know, for me, numerology, the reason I use numerology is it's simpler explained. You see how you had shared your experience, like, I don't understand that. I too don't understand it. However, numerology, everybody understands numbers. And if you tell them this number means X, they're like, oh, I had no idea. But oh my God, that totally makes sense. It's what I am. You know, so they'll they'll relate to it more. Whereas what you just said, well, the moon is, even my my wonderful friend, I'm like, you're telling me I'm in my ninth house and my 10th. I, oh, what? I don't know what it is. So numerology is easier for me, especially when I'm dealing with, you know, you're dealing with business people and men seem to be the funniest because they've achieved, you know, millions and they've achieved all these multiple companies and they've achieved all this. And yet they call me in for assistance first for their executive staff thinking, well, what's going on when we kind of disseminate everything and it ends up to be the bottleneck at the top and it's about them, but they become at the point, like my kids hate me. I'm on my third divorce, but I have all these millions. Why is this happening to me? And then I'm like, well, are you open to hearing a little different assessment it's not conventional are you he's like and then they're desperate and they're like sure and i take out my numbers and they're like this is voodoo stuff you know it's like you get these you get these questions like i don't know about this stuff i go no it's not let me help you out and then i write them down like there's nothing you know wooey about it there's nothing crazy and i just write the numbers down and they're like you got that out of just adding my birth date numbers and i said Trust me, yes. And then I have to engage them into listening to what their traits are. And I have to touch upon what that life path and, and does it align with who they are. You know, I'm coming in cold sometimes. And then I said, well, you have these traits and these characteristics and these. And they're like, oh my God, you're right. What's next? And then I get them and I always laugh. I go, they're my biggest skeptics, right? Because they're, they're successful dozens, man. And women too. I get some of those as well. And then they're my greatest pimps. <laughs> it is the funny. You got to call her. You got to call her. I had a gentleman um, who had a big, huge lawsuit, $50 million. And he was in Chicago. One of the, the top um, steel company in Chicago. And he heard, you know, what I do. And they go, she does some kind of magic. We don't know what it is. <laughs> So he calls me, he goes, I need magic. And I'm like, okay. So we sit down and we go through that. And it's rather interesting because he's this big honcho guy, like big, you know, like almost like a mafia 
figure, like a big, big, big guy. And then he'll call me. What do I do now? Okay, I'm in the in the courtroom. What do I do now? It's it's so for me, it's entertaining and so rewarding because I do blend everything. I blend feng shui. You know, I tell him you need to wear a certain color shirt, a certain color tie. You need to sit a certain way. Your tonality needs to be a certain way. And because you're in this particular year in your nine year cycle, you gotta abide by this. <laughs> and it works. And long story short, he did not have to pay the 50 million and it boiled down to just 1 million. And he also figured out how to maneuver that as well, all legal. And he got out of it and he goes to me, I don't know how you did it. He goes, I have seven lawyers, but you help me with this. I go, life is simple. We complicate it. That's all it is. So it's, it's, I love it because it's never the same day twice. And, um, Honestly, after my little nap, I think I got stronger. It was just, I was infused with so much more information that sometimes I sit and I'm like, oh my God, I want to share it with the whole world. And I don't, you know, it's like, there's so much information. So it's wonderful. You are, you are triggering memories for me, girl. When I was 30, Mm -hmm. I sued a $30 billion European company for breach of contract. Actually, the lawsuit was filed when I was 29. So it was in Boston. I spent 10 days in federal court in Boston, walked into the courtroom with my lawyer. I was living in LA at the time. We walked into the courtroom. They had five attorneys there in this huge company. This was an American subsidiary. But I was told before I went in, so maybe they teach this stuff in law school, but they call it something else. I was told, you wear muted colors, your hair's in a ponytail, no diamonds, you wear pearls. You know, we are going to go for the jury is going to we're going to get primarily people who are um, they're going to go for people who are women because women are bitchy with other women, which I thought was interesting. They said we we want for people older on the jury, but they're going to want for people who are not going to feel paternalistic towards you on and on and on and on. And the thing that was so interesting was. This was before cell phones. I had a cell phone in my car that was hardwired to my car. But I walked into my lawyer's office and we were strategizing this before we went to Boston. And he said, we need to have somebody who's an economist. And I said, okay, great. And he said, I use this guy from USC. He's an economy professor. And I said, okay. And he gave me his name. And I said, hmm, I went to high school with a guy by that name in Ohio. And I said, I wonder if it's the same guy. And he said, well, this guy went to MIT and went to Harvard. So he's, you know, he's educated right there in their backyard and he'll have a lot of extra credibility. So I called him. I graduated from high school, Jacqueline, with this guy who I had lost track with him. He ended up being my expert witness. We teamed up, we won the lawsuit and all of that. But I'm thinking there there was so much magical stuff going on with that. Like even to my lawyer telling me what to wear, how to sit, how to, you know, what to do, all that kind of stuff. So you've got some concrete numerology things going on there. But I think that lawyers are, they learn this stuff. Maybe it's called something else, but this kind of, well, Dr. Phil, wasn't Dr. Phil all about 
helping pick the jury and helping strategize in big lawsuits. I remember when Oprah hired him, oh, yeah. when, the, when the Texas meat guys sued her. Mm -hmm. See, all of this stuff was, you know, hush, hush, and it was all kind of kept with the elite, as they would call them, right? They would have all these secrets, secrets to success. And I mean, think about the, the book, um, uh, Think and Grow Rich, right? By Napoleon Hill, they tried to destroy it. All these, you know, big guys were like, no, we don't want the whole world to know about this. So there's a lot of secrets behind it. But unfortunately, as the population grows, as awareness you know, is, is coming upon us, people are seeking and they're finding. And if you are savvy enough to be able to trust that what comes your way, for for me, all the, you know, the numerology, the feng shui, the savviness, and I always have at least seven to eight books on my night table. My husband's like, we don't need a night table. Just use your books as a night table. And he goes, do you really read all seven? I go, yes. It's like going to school. You have seven subjects. You know, I read them, science, business, leadership, medical, all of these things. So I read everything. So when people start getting knowledgeable about how some of these, you know, things work, they use them and you can tell. It's like one of those things where, uh, like NLP, right? Neuro Linguistic Pathway, you, you know who's been trained in it because you could see it. There was once one clip with um, President Obama and um, Prince um, William. No, not William. The son. Prince William? Yeah. They were sitting at a tennis match, watching a tennis match. And you should see it. It's like a two-minute clip. I wish I, if I knew I was going to bring this up. Two-minute clip. Their mannerisms, their way of talking. I go, these guys were both trained in NLP. And you can tell. And it was it was watching a match between two. And you're like, no one's going to win here. The only one that's going to win is the one who's more exercised in it, who's practiced it more. But everything has everything has its path. Everything has its secrets, too. We call them secrets, but they're not. They're just, if you know them. Um, but the court, my, my favorite is the courtroom. You know, even when I went to court, I'm like, okay, you know what to do. Remove your emotions. Cause I was going through a divorce. And of course my kids remove your emotions. you you are the client that you're coaching. It's not you. And then you have to sit there and boy, let me tell you, sometimes a judge says something and your insides are like, mm, you want to just leap out. And you're like, I understand, you know, and they're just waiting for you to slip up somewhere. Right, right. Well, back to that Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. That is reading material in pretty much every business school. And in the book, for those of you listening and watching that haven't read it, it talks about how it helps to have a mastermind group. And the mastermind group is deceased business leaders that they're with whom they're communicating telepathically to get guidance. I call those spirit guides. And it's really interesting. I just was with a client this morning who on, on the phone, you know, we did a consult and she's starting a business and we had one of her spirit guides come in. And this guy had been a financier in Austria between the world wars. And he was coaching her on financial stuff. And he gave her this whole business plan of something to do. And it was all downloaded. He gave us his name. He looked like the banker from Monopoly. Ah, 
you know, awesome. bald guy, three-piece suit, pocket watch. When I see spirit guides, they initially show up like versions of Father Time. Oh, Think oh. of Dumbledore in the Harry Potter movies yeah. or Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings movies. Old men, white beard, white long hair, white gown. And then when we start talking to them, then they morph into what they looked like in the year that they lived that correlates with how we're um, with whatever we're discussing. Oh, it was amazing. And everything he said was just resonating with my client. She was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And fortunately we recorded the call. So she was able to, to get all that, but it was a whole business plan downloaded for her, telling her how to do it, what to do it, where to go, the whole nine yards. And that's what Napoleon Hill talks about in his book. And to your point, that's what the big dogs, like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the, you know, the Harvey Firestone and Henry Ford and all Edison, all those guys were, yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's part of that secret thing that you're talking about, like a secret society kind of a thing where they knew how to access information from spirit that has access to universal intelligence, which mm -hmm. we all do. So interesting point. It's amazing. It's amazing. If anyone hasn't read that book, I highly recommend it. I mean, he he actually titled it specifically for those who wanted to grow wealth. And he's like, how do I get the attention of the people who are, you know, idolizing money? Because that's not what it is. It's different. Money is a byproduct. But how do I get them to read this book? It's so valuable. So he, that's what he labeled it. And when people started reading it, they're like, oh, there's more to it than just money. Money's a byproduct, you know, right. of doing the right thing, of doing the work. So it's a great book. Love it. I agree. What do sequences of numbers like 777 or 1234, except in poker, what, yes. do, they, what do they symbolize? Or do they symbolize anything? They they do. So, you know, when you have 555, for example, that's transformation. 444 is someone from the other side is trying to reach and get your attention. 333 is usually that idea that's happening in your mind right now or that that you're embarking or wanting or wishing or dreaming to. Yeah, entertain it. Do it. You know, 222s are usually partnerships, right? Whether it's marriage, whether it's um, finding somebody, whether it's uh, business, you know, you're partnering, you know, two, two, twos. And then one, one, one usually is it's time to do inside job work. <laughs> like if you see one, one, one often, that has to do with before you can pass go and collect your $200, you need to do your inside job. And I tell everybody, the inside job is the toughest job you'll ever do in your life if you resist it. And at the same time, it is going to be the longest job you do because it's always something you have to nurture, you have to take care of. You really, really have to think, where are you right now? And where do I want to be? And what is that roadmap to it? So 111 is always an indicator of stop breathe, assess, you know, 888 is be ready for abundance. Now, when they say abundance, abundance can be good or bad, right? In numerology, if I was to just walk you down the nine numbers, 
Number one is beginnings, right? It's all brand new. It's like you're going to be bombarded with are there a relationship, a new home, a new job, a new adventure, a new something is going to come your way. It could also be, you know, a little bit of a challenge somewhere and you have to look at it. It's not going to be very evident, but it's going to give you a little bit of insight of like, there's a challenge coming your way. So do the inside job, right? The second year is usually going, okay, I need to plant some ideas, plant some seeds. You know, what do I want to do? Where am I going? Like, what's my, what's my heart's desire? And then you plant those seeds. You have to have patience because the following year is the third year where you're going to be innovating. You're going to be creating. You're going to be uh, taking action. You're going to be ready to do what you've dreamt of doing or not. Like everyone's like, how can you always tell me the positive side? Well, I'd rather not share the negative. Why? Because honestly, if you don't do the work, you're going to stay where you're at or even be set back a little bit. And then the fourth year does come with a challenge. Like the fourth year will come in and someone will either pass in the family or someone will either be born in the family. Uh, you can start a business. You would move. Your relationship will either be going to the next level. Let's say you're dating, you'll get engaged. Or if you're engaged, you'll have the wedding. Or if you got married, you'll get pregnant or you'll start a business. Um, but it also comes with a challenge. And then the fourth year, if that challenge comes your way and it's a you know, you pick your challenge instead of the universe picking your challenge. <laughs> I always like to pick my own. But if you shove it under the carpet, let's say that year, and you're like, mm, mm, I just don't want to deal with this. It's going to show up in your eighth year. And it's going to show up in your eighth year before you get any abundance. It's going to show up at the front end of your year and the first quarter. And you have to address it, you know, because if not, you're going to have a whole nine year cycle of that dragging you down. So when you see somebody, not succeeding at what they wish to do, guaranteed they haven't done some of the work they needed to do. Either released, uh, you know, changed. And sometimes it's ancestral uh, cords, you know, that are attached to you. And if you don't release those cords, it's actually prompting and forcing you to live out the same history as the previous ancestor you know it could be alcoholism right and you're like oh i'm an alcoholic because my grandfather's an alcoholic and break the cord you know the moment you break that cord you're not only freeing yourself of that ancestral curse but you're healing your ancestral line you know it's like you're healing them and then watch the doors open so as simple as things can be we can really complicate them into going into different venues but it all of course it all depends on every individual everything is customized you know who you are and then we take it from there so my day is never the same day twice because I always have different clients with different situations and that's why I love doing this it's not boring <laughs> I bet well speaking of healing ancestral trauma I have just interviewed a gal for the show. Her name's Nina Malgendre, and she is a family constellation coach, among other things. And we did a whole show about healing ancestral trauma. So those of you that are listening and watching, you want to go link to that show, the Nina show. 
and sure. listen to all of that because yeah. what Jacqueline's talking about is going to help make even more sense. And the thing that surprised me the most, Jacqueline, about my conversation with Nina was that we can only we can heal past trauma with our ancestors, and we can also heal future whatever for our future generations that haven't been born yet. I don't quite understand how that works, but we we talked a lot about that and she said it's a real thing. Have you experienced that as well? 100%. So, uh and I'd like to say it because I I did it for myself, for my kids. Uh I was married before and the family that uh the ex's family um I'm from Europe, so there's a lot of, you know, history back there, but they've done a lot of very dark things. And um, after the divorce, I was like, well, there's a bloodline there and I do not want repeat. So I can heal self and I can heal everything that is attached to my ancestral line that is attached to my children. So I did all that healing and then I'm like, well, how in the world am I going to do the healing for the other side? And we're not, you know, we're no longer married. He's no longer here. And he's definitely not going to do what I'm going to ask him to do. That's a solid, no, you're crazy, you and your woo-woo stuff, right? So I prayed a lot and uh, and then I did it. So how I did it was very simple. I had to pray into him. And I had to pray for forgiveness for him. And I had to pray for God to speak into his heart and heal him. So mind you, sounds crazy, but it was a horrible divorce without going into detail. Now I have to pray for someone who brought such um, sorrow and just a lot of pain and suffering to the kids in in the marriage through the divorce. So now I had to sit and pray for him and mean him well. And it wasn't easy. I'll just share that much. However, I did it. I sat and you actually feel it within your your being when you release any anger, when you release any resentment. It's released. You're freeing yourself from that cage. And when I started praying for him, wishing him well and wishing his family well and his mother and his entire ancestral line, and I kept saying, please do not attach. You know, I was like, actually, I take that back. Remove the attachment from the lineage that my daughter's names are connected to. They are no longer with him. So I did a whole little scenario and I did it for about three months religiously over and over. And at the same time, the kids were acting up. You should have seen the behavior from them. It was almost like they were rebelling. It was really crazy. And I'm like, whoa, this observation. And they were actually sometimes mad at me. And I'm like, what What made you lash out like that at me? And they look at me and go, I don't know. Like, they genuinely don't know. Well, it was that separation. And um, and then I have a doctor who who's a doctor who finished his, you know, as a, you know, regular doctor, went to school, did his practice. And then he realized there was a piece missing. And then he became a holistic doctor. And he does pretty much kind of what Nina does that you mentioned earlier. And I said, you know, how do I know that it worked? (laughs) 
I go, I don't know. I don't know if this worked. And they were calmer. They were more loving. They were more, you know, they've got their moments, but it kind of was slowing down on the lashing out with me. So I took one of the daughters who was open to it to the doctor and I said, well, I just want to know if there's any ancestral lines attached. And he goes, no, he says, your, your kids are free. I said, well, this little one kind of has a little bit of, uh, you know, in her. And he goes, she hasn't released it. So what happens is you can do much of the work. However, the person you're doing it for obviously has to agree. So once we shared it with her, she was like, oh, okay, let's do it. And then he laid his hand on her and he prayed and he did his thing and it was removed. So it takes a lot of steps and it takes a lot of patience and faith and trust. And, uh, and I always laugh with my kids. I go, come on, kids, a little bit of faith and trust and some pixie dust. It's going to work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's going to work. Just do it. Uh, exactly. So exactly. From firsthand experience, it does work. And, you know, I do recommend that everybody who's seeking this to seek someone who knows what they're doing. And I'm, I'm going to look forward to listening to Nina's recording with you because, you know, I... I'd love to know. I don't know how to do it. I did it for my kids, but I'm not a, what, I, what is it? I'm not an expert in that field. <laughs> yeah, she's a doll. You'll love her. The Bible is full of numbers mm -hmm. and numerical references. Why? Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth Bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing. They've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer for just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y-Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth Bedding. I love them and so will you. You know, that's a great question. Uh, I love the Bible and I always say, here's the thing. If God was able to number the sheep and the donkeys and then I must trust numbers, you know? Um, I'm not sure. To me, the Bible, I'd like to dive into it even more. I've read it many, many times. And as we all know, that every time you read it, you get something new. That's something I want to understand more of, you know? I want to understand what were some of the significance, because they'll talk about it in some of the, you know, sermons that, that you know, we go to and listen to. But every time I sit there, there's something that nudges me and says, you need to look deeper. So I'm not sure. I don't know the answer. However, the little answers that we do have, I think there's more to it. And I think it will be revealed to us as we are evolving as humans, things will be more exposed because I'll have people reading the Bible and they'll come back and go, did you know this? And I'll go, 
wow, I didn't think of it in that aspect. And it's something that is, you know, pertaining to involvement. So the Bible is a great, I always tell people, if you don't have a book to read, read the Bible. It's got adventure. It's got murder. It's got success. It's got everything. Just go read that. You'll have it all in one book. So I don't, I actually don't know, you know, the, the exact answer of the numbers that they use. Our assistant pastor at our parish gave a lecture on this a few years ago, and he and he's a PhD priest. I mean, the guy's brilliant, and he said that numbers are in the Bible because they're called Bible numbers, and the same thing with the numerology. 777 in the Bible breaks down to three, right? 21, two plus one is three. Three is divine perfection. Seven is spiritual perfection, which was interesting because you mentioned seven. That's what my number ended up being with my birth date. You said spirituality. But his premise was that the Bible is full of numbers because when it was written back in the day, everybody was illiterate. And the, the ancient Israelites, the Jews, knew what the significance of certain numbers meant so it was a way to keep the stories somewhat consistent because the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles, the, you know, 10 commandments, the, what do those numbers mean when you boil them down to a single digit? Mm-hmm. And I find that fascinating. And so when I see 777, I think, okay, this is divine perfection. Yes. Or, or when I see the number seven, or when I see the number whatever, and I have a list from his his talk, his lecture about this, that it, it I believe it's one through 12 has a number. And those are Bible numbers that the ancient Jews, even to this day, my friends who are Jewish, they know what these different numbers signify. And so that's my take on it. Anyway, so I just was wondering if you'd ever heard that before. Never, I never heard of it. And, um, you know, I mean, numbers have been there forever. But I always, I guess for me, I always defend, defended myself because we go to church and some of our priests that, you know, we go there and they're like, they know what I do. They know my line of work. And they're like, well, you know, what you're doing is really not accepted in the Bible. And I'm like, I understand. I go, however, if God used numbers in the Bible, why can't I? And I said, it works. And then, of course, they go a little bit deeper. You need to come to church. And I'm like, sure. I said, but when Jesus walked the land, there weren't any churches. But God still heard him. You know, like I would go down the path with them on these things. And they're like, yes, but, you know. And then, of course, I'm like, well, and, you know, I have another question. Where was Jesus baptized? Well, in the river. And I said, yes. And by whom? And they're like, well, St. John. Well, no, actually, he wasn't a saint at the time. He was a businessman. He did numbers. He did all. And they just look at me and go, there's lost hope for you. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> two interesting points. My parish, uh, my Catholic parish here in Birmingham, gives a copy of my angelic attendance book to every family that comes in to plan a funeral. There are many, many churches and synagogues throughout the country that do the same. I hear people tell me all the time that they give the book as a funeral present or if somebody has somebody who's dying. And furthermore, 
Pope Francis in 2016 issued a papal bull, which is kind of like a newsletter kind of thing. And he said that he wanted his pastors to welcome psychics and spiritual healers because they were doing the work of the Holy Spirit. So I can send you that link. Anybody that wants the link, just go to Julie, just go to askjulieryan.com, do the Ask Julie button and say, hey, I'd like the the Vatican link. And so you need to take that to your priests. Are they Orthodox or are they Roman? They're Orthodox. Okay. Well, that's all right. But they'll still recognize Pope Francis. Yeah, they do. No, 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 they will. They will. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I'll I'll hear people say to me, well, I'm Catholic, so I'm really not supposed to believe in this stuff. I said, oh, but Pope Francis says you are. And once they're past, he wants his pastors to do the same. Oh, that's awesome to know. Because I bought your book for quite a few people and they would all come, you know, some of, one of them was a doctor and I, and her mom had just passed. And I said, listen, I go, you really need to read this book. And she says, well, you know, she's distraught and everything. She goes, well, I'll be open to reading anything. And just not too long ago, she goes, oh my God, what? I said, crazy, isn't it? And I have to share a story about your book Um, to everyone that's listening. Julie, we had a session and my father was ill at the time. And of course, you knew, but you were so very eloquent and so kind. And you're like, you know, I recommend you read this book. You should order it. And when I got it, I was reading it. I go, she's preparing me for something. And I thank you for that. And truly, truly thank you because that book of yours has helped me help my family because it really took you through the process. And to add a piece to that, my daughter actually has the gift to see the other side. So guess what I did during the process when my father was at home, he was at, you know, hospice at home and we would go visit obviously. And I asked my daughter, so what do you see? I kid you not, everything that was in your book, she identified it and she didn't read the book. I didn't share the book with her. She identified everything until the last day. I just didn't want her to be present when he actually passed. And then there's a piece of me that's like, oh, I wish I was so that she could really like show, not just show me, but the family. And because of your book, the whole family has a different perspective on people passing and actually transitioning is really what it is. And so I always give your book as a gift, exactly the way you say it to people who are, you know, going through a hard time with someone ready to pass or that they had just recently passed. And that one of my girlfriends, the doctor, she was like, there is something more than just science, isn't there? And I said, yeah, there is. You might want to think about it. So thank you. Yes, it was amazing. Thank you for that. I'm honored. And it, and it's a privilege to work with families who have a loved one who's dying. And if I can impart one little tiny speck of comfort, it's such a heart-wrenching time. It's It's really my honor to do so. It was helpful. Thank you. Thank you for writing it. Thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> you speak many languages. Yeah. <laughs> How many? Like five or six or something like that? Yeah. Uh, one, two, three. Yeah. About uh, Macedonian, Serbian, French, English. And I do understand certain dialects in um, Greek and Russian. Okay. So six. I was right. Has numerology historically been present in most cultures? Is, and is it still today? You know, it has been. Um, in India, they use it a lot. 
a lot. And I have friends who are, in fact, I'm going to an Indian wedding next week in Toronto, Canada, uh, my first one. They do use it a lot. And it was to my surprise that certain people actually, it's like a common thing, you know, in their household. They're like, okay, what year are we in? What year is the family in? Should we make this decision? And I was so happy and so pleasantly surprised that it was a common thing in the family. Now, as far as my side of the family or where I come from, which is former Yugoslavia, Serbia, um, they don't. So when I started to learn about it and practice it, it was not very uh, highly regarded in the family. What are you doing? That's witchcraft. What what, what is that? What are you you figuring out? Until certain things came to fruition based on some of my observations and analysis. They're like, wow, how does that work? You know, and then they got interested. Um, But yeah, there's some people, I mean, way back when they would use it, they'll come in, oh, we know that on this day and when this shows up and this number pops up and this, it's a good day for X. And I'm like, wow. I go, you guys have been using numerology all this time in a different form. And there are some snippets in the Bible that talk about, you know, at the, so it's around us, right? It's to me, I see it as, you know, we're connected to a higher source. The higher source is all knowing and all being. And we're all here, just like a university, we're here to evolve our soul to the next level. And we chose a certain path and we're aware of what we chose. Just that when we're born, I always think that that little indentation that we have above our lip, that's just angels saying, shh, don't speak of this side. You know, you have to live your life. And it's fascinating to me because if we knew everything, do you know how many people would be exiting? Restart, restart. You know, you know, the video games, you know, how many lives you have? They're like, okay, how many lives do I have? I'll just go back. I didn't like this part or Jumanji that they have. So we're not really supposed to know, but we actually do know, right? And, And you're aware of that and you know that. So a lot of my, like when my grandparents were alive, they would have these, you know, wives tales or, or some traditions and they would say, oh, don't do this on a Sunday or don't do this on a, and you're always going like, why? But when you put it all together, it's like, oh, that makes sense. And honestly, Julie, I, I had an aneurysm and before that, I actually prayed a lot. I go, dear God, give me something as a tool that I could use across the board in business and health and everything that will make sense to human, you know, to all of us that can understand it. And when I woke up, the numerology was so profound and it was so present for me that I always start with that. And people are like, well, what if you go to a business meeting with somebody and they're seeking your advice, but you don't know their birth date. I go, oh, trust me, I find out. <laughs> I find their birth date before we get there. But I always ask for permission when I'm there. I go, so tell me, would you mind sharing your birth date? And they'll tell me yes or no. And if they say no, I'm like, okay, well, it's good that I did my research because I will walk them really alongside what their number is and where they are in the year. And it's almost like building trust. When they hear you know about them and they resonate to, with what you're saying. They're like, oh, she might know something. And then they actually sit and open up. And they're like, okay, fine, let me give you my birthday. 
Well, that's the thing because you're showing them that this is real. I had the same Mm -hmm. thing with my family when I started doing the medical intuitive stuff Mm -hmm. like 30 years ago. And they'd say, ah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Well, came a time when I nailed enough things that they would one by one, they'd come and they'd say, okay, my, my older brother, Jay said to me that it, it, it was 12 years after I started studying this stuff, Jack. And it was, okay, so-and-so has happened, do your thing. <laughs> I said, okay. And so I did. And I nailed it and nailed it right on the money. And so then they, you know, they start to go, okay, well, maybe there's more to this than not. And back to the cultural thing, I believe even if your parents and your grandparents didn't know about it, certainly their ancestors were using this stuff. The whole pendulum thing oh, gosh, that yeah. they teach, that, mm-hmm. that that used to be used at baby showers in my, my mother and my grandmother's time. Mm-hmm. And it was the ethnic- How many babies or, yeah. Yeah, the ethnic women, you know, is it a boy? Is it a girl? Did it spin? Did it go back and forth? Whatever. And and this stuff's been around since the beginning of time. And so I think it's fascinating when we look back at the history of all of this stuff. Another guest I've had on my show, Perdita Finn, talks about how we've all talked to our deceased loved ones since the beginning of time. And it's just in the most recent few hundred years where they've tried to shut that down and make that, well, you've got to come through the pastor, you've got to come through the rabbi, or you've got to come through whatever in order to get to God. Well, no, you don't. You have a direct route. But it's interesting. We have a a great discussion on that too. So those of you that are watching and listening, go back and listen to the Perdita Finn interview that I had too, because it really plays in with all of this. So what's feng shui and does it utilize numerology principles? They do. They have have numbers and um, feng shui is just your environment. You know, you need to have all the elements involved and there's, you know, a bagua chart. The only thing that I always sway people away from is there's also the black hat feng shui and it's a little bit different. It's in my book from all my 30 years of experience that one doesn't work as well. You want to do the traditional feng shui with a compass. And uh, what you would do is in any given area, for example, in your home or in your office, you can bring it down to a single office space and do your feng shui with all the different elements, right? They use the coordinates, north, you know, north, south, east, west, and everything. They use uh, numbers because it's a bagua square is nine squares, Uh, sorry, yeah, nine squares, and each square signifies what resides there. So for example, if you were to take a square, I wish I had a a picture to show you. If you took that chart and you laid it on top of the view of your house. So if you were to fly above your home and get a bird's eye view from the top, you would outline the parameter of your home what it looks like. And then what you would do is you would lay this chart facing north. Okay. You would get the coordinates. You'd stand in the center of your home and you'd use a compass and get the right coordinates. Then you would take this chart, this map and point it north the way it should be because they go north, south, east, west, and they've got every coordinate. And it would say, place it flat down. And then every section of your home represents 
a certain thing. So for example, north is career. North is career. If you want more income, if you want more wealth to come or not, not so much wealth, but more moving money, right? Energy moving. Then in your north sector of your home, you should have a little fountain. It could be a tabletop fountain or it can be a massive, you know, fountain that you could put in the front of your home. Then as you go down to the south, south is reputation. In that section, and sorry, north is like blues, blacks, mirrors, glass is the materials and colors. If you go south, that's more red, animal prints, more um, people who who you want to aspire to be like, uh, because it's your reputation. Everything matters. And you should have red, you know, red and animal prints, you know, leopard or any of that. And you want to put in that corner, you know, certain achievements that you've caught, any awards, any of those things, you want to amplify more of that. Then, of course, the East is family and friends, and you have, and that's got a specific white, uh, yellow colors. I mean, it's, it's not complicated, but it's more detail. And then West is where you're actually going to be nurturing self, you know, bringing things to fruition, bringing uh, new things into the home. North, uh, Northeast is helpful people. You know, that's where you want to put books. The section I'm sitting in right now in my home is my Northeast loaded with books. And the reason I want these, that section to be loaded with books, I need knowledge, helpful people. They could be dead or alive. You want to be able to be helped by them. So every section, Southwest, love and marriage. So whether you're single, if you're single, you want to put all these beautiful, you know, everything matched. Nothing should be in threes. I know that interior decorators like to decorate with three. When I do a house, I go through someone's house. I'm like, one, two, three candles. No, out. <laughs> one, two, no, out. Or get another one. So you're always matching to have a partner all the time. And then the center of your home is your health. So if the center of your home is a bathroom, make sure all of your plumbing, make sure all of your, whatever's there is in perfect order and functioning properly, always. And then let's see what else did I miss? South, north, sorry, southeast is your wealth. So in the southeast, you could put a little bowl with coinage, money, foreign money in a crystal bowl and just leave it there. And every time you have loose change, throw it in there and it will multiply. Some people put rice, some people put, you know, gems, you know, like just little gems that they have when they go to the fair and they get, they throw it in there. So every section has its own little, you know, gift to you. And if you enhance them with the right metal, with the right uh, material, with the right element, it becomes better. And you can take it down to the simple room, like every room, you can do that. You can do in the north of my room, I can put, a, you know, a little fountain on my desk. The south, I can put whatever. So you can take it down as far as individual rooms and feng shui them. Because people are like, well, I have an apartment in a huge building. Why? How am I going to account for what everybody else does? You don't. You only account for your living space. So feng shui is awesome. And then you get your own personal number, your personal direction you should be facing, the, the best colors you should be wearing. Uh, it's fascinating. You know, I, I just love it. And depending on what you want to 
you know, if you're in a meeting, let's say you're in a boardroom, depending what message you want to deliver. Do you want collaboration? You wear a certain color and a certain table. You know, oval tables are the best for a CEO to come in and say, this is what we're doing. And anyone else have anything to add? A rectangular table is, this is what we're doing. A round table is, what are we going to do? <laughs> it's like, you know, one of those. So you always, and it's it's interesting because when I do when I do businesses and their buildings at the time, a lot of people work from home now. I tell them, I go, what do you, what is your plan? What do you want to do? Get a table for this, and you know they would actually three boardrooms, and they all depend on what they're going to be discussing and what their desired outcome is. They use that sort that shape of a table, and it works every time. Fascinating. I can see in my mind's eye, I can see energy. And I had a a situation and I've used feng shui for years. I have a feng shui gal that I use. And and when my mom when my dad died, we brought home stuff from his house. And I brought home my mom's crystal and her good china and her, you know, that kind of stuff. So I put the crystal in this cabinet next to our fireplace in our family room. And it was on the financial line and the financial energy started looking wonky. So I called up my feng shui gal and I said, what's up with this? And she said, well, tell me what's on that line. And I told her and she said, well, is there something new in there? And I said, yeah. I said, I put my mom's crystal in there. And she said, well, how did your mom feel about money? And I said, she never thought there was enough. She said, get it out of there. I said, what am I going to do with it? She said, pack it up and put it in your lower level. And she said, bring it out when you need it, but do not put that on the money line. And I thought, good heavens. So I did, Jack. And then what happened was I put it away. I went back upstairs and I scanned it. Financial line was spinning again. And it was instant. It was instant. And I have many, many other stories. Of course, I've done a show about this. So Christina Hollinger, I sound like a broken record, but it's really interesting. And this is a huge thing. And in Asia, they position buildings. Like if they're building a high rise, there is a feng shui expert that mm-hmm. comes in and they put that building facing a certain direction so oh, that right. it's... Or they have uh, a hole. Some have a hole in the building, if you've noticed. There's like, they're like, why do they have a hole? And they're like, oh, it's a nice, you know, architectural design. Mm, it's by by design. That's how they wanted it because it needs to have it. And what it means is the dragon needs to come through easier, easily. And it's, 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 I love feng shui. It's fascinating. And, um, you know, I studied under Lillian too. She actually gave me the, we did the master study with her and she's just incredible incredible um so simple and so there's nothing like like big about her and she's just she simplifies it and brings it down to a very understandable and now she you know her daughter has come in and kind of refined a little bit of it but that's why i studied under that's how i was that's where i got my um you know um my master practitioner certification so wonderful. Or is there something similar in other parts of the world and in other cultures? I'm sure there are. Certainly the pyramids, the way that they have been built. And I've learned in the past 
recent years, maybe 10 years, that there are pyramids everywhere. They're not just in Egypt and with the Aztecs. We've got them in America. They're all over Europe. They say that the Bosnian pyramids are older than the Egyptian pyramids, substantially older. And and they are, the thing that's so interesting I find about the pyramids is that they have the same latitude and latitude and longitude positions in a bunch of different cultures. And they were built in a time where there wasn't communication. We didn't have the internet or the phone even, or, or a way to send letters. This predates all of that stuff. So I have to believe that this feng shui principle has been used in every culture to some extent. It perhaps is just called something different. Would you agree with that? I agree 100% that a lot of these things that we're experiencing were once upon a time almost like peppered all over the the earth and they were all called different things. You know, I mean, I, I do believe that. And I studied feng shui because I don't even remember when it started. It was very interesting, but I was just fascinated that something that old, that long ago, as you said earlier, no cell phones, no internet, no, no. How, how did they know all this? I mean, even Nikola Tesla, right? Think about what he's created. And it's just, to me, it's amazing. And I think, like I tell people, I said, we, we put our hand up to want to do something to evolve humanity. That's all it is. You know, I mean, Tesla came down for what? To evolve humanity, to give something to humanity, to be able to create even more stuff. And he, as we know, if any of you have read about him, you know, he died poor. He, his patents were stolen from him and so many things happened to him. And I said, universal law has to pay you back. You do good. You have to be rewarded. You do bad. Trust me, you'll be rewarded. So look at all the Tesla cars that are being driven around. He had, and they're electric cars. His name has to be, how do I say, um, appreciated. Like he has to have a certain appreciation. So whenever you do good, good will come, you know, and I'm just fascinated with some of the things that some of the greats in the past have brought to humanity and how we are able to, you know, use it. I mean, look at, we're speaking miles away. We're seeing each other, you know, in real time. We wouldn't have never had this, you know, like <laughs> there's a, I think if I can remember, there's a joke where internet, Google and electricity were having lunch and they were, you know, trying to talk about who's better than the other. And, you know, Google and internet are like, well, I'm better than you. And I have this and I have, and electricity is just sitting back calm and cool. And they're like, why are you so cool? <laughs> Without me, you couldn't do anything. <laughs> it's like, you know, but when you think about it, we're in, you know, we're evolving. So I agree with you. And I love to travel and I see a lot of those things in different countries. And you're like, well, that's a little similar to what we saw here. And so I think it's amazing. Yeah, I agree. Why is delving deep into spiritual and intuitive channels so important in helping your clients achieve their goals? You know, not everybody likes to open up that part of them because they're afraid of it. And the importance of it is that's really where your soul is. I always tell everyone you have three faculties, your mind, your heart, and your gut. 
Your gut is your soul. It knows the path. It knows it knows your roadmap because you had an agreement when you came to be here. You signed up for an agreement of this is what I want to do on, on earth. When we are able to attach, your mind is designed to keep you safe. We all know that, right? Your heart is designed to keep dreaming so that you can achieve your goals. Your gut knows the way, but it can't always stop you. So it has to let you learn the lessons you've chosen to learn. So what we do is we go through that process and I tell them, you know, spirituality is, you don't get plugged in at night. I go, how are we living, guys? (laughs) Like, we don't get plugged in. Explain to me how we are the only beings able, apart, you know, animals, obviously, but how are we walking the planet? How, what's our energy? Where's it coming from? And they get stumped. So can we agree? So I bring him, I bring him from a place of non-believers and no, that doesn't work and so on. And, and I bring him to a place of, could you agree that we are spiritual beings in a human body, having a human experience. And I bring him to that point and they're like, okay, now I get it. Or I'll ask people, I'm like, hey, what happens when we die, right? Well, that's it. We're done. We're gone. And then I go, well, do you go to church? Of course I do. So wait a minute. (laughs) Doesn't make sense. You believe? So I bring him to many different, depending on the other person, I bring him to that. Now back to your question is, we should actually consult with ourselves, our spiritual being. What is it that makes us go? What is my heart's desire? We have trained people not to have their heart's desire. We've trained people not to dream or they'll dream and it's just entertainment because they never take action. So going in, inside doing the work and having faith and trust and moving forward that it will be and it does and there's no explanation and people call it magic. So I walk my clients through some exercises and sometimes it's unbeknownst to them because they don't even know what I'm giving them. And then they're like, oh my God, you're not going to believe what happened. It's impossible. I'm like, should try. <laughs> let me, let me hear it. And they're like, but this is impossible. Like, how did this happen? And I said, it's because you're inside asked for it and you trusted the process and it came to fruition like magic. So I have a lot of my close friends and family when I started all this, they didn't believe in much of it. And I would keep going. And they're like, how do you keep going? Like you get knocked down and you get up and you keep going. And that keep going brings you better than what you had. Like, how do you do this? I said, because I have faith and trust. And I believe it will happen. I don't like to use negative words in my in my conversations I don't like to when my kids say I hate that I go I'm sorry what I don't like it (laughs) it's like you know change your words so it is important it is important and most people who you know don't believe in spirituality or don't believe in any of that and you bring to the front end or to the front you're actually doing it without knowing you're doing it oh is that what that is what did you think it was? And they'll give you some crazy stories of what they think it was. So I truly believe you have to have all three, all three faculties in check and to be able to guide yourself and achieve your goals. 
Does everybody have blockages of uh, things that they know and they've forgotten, or maybe they've they've just blocked it out of their head that restrict them in their lives? Have you ever met anybody that doesn't have blockages yeah. of things that they've gone through? Mm-hmm. Very, very few. And those people who I did meet that don't have blockages are the ones who actually did the work. So to answer your question, everybody has blockages. Some have gone through and made the, you know, work, did the work to remove them and watch future ones coming and trying to form and stopping them. And, but yes, the majority do have blocks and yeah, some of them block it with alcohol. Some of it block it with drugs. Some of it block it with an, a certain type of obsession. Uh, and some don't even know they have a blockage. You know, it's like, I just cannot make the money. <laughs> I'm doing everything. Why? Why does my neighbor or my friend is able to, they're doing the same thing and they're making all this money or they're fishing. He has a bucket of fish and I got one. Like why? You know, it's usually because you are in a lack, your operating system. You need to delete it. My parents come from Europe. They were poor. Um, well, Well, they were well off in Europe, but when they came to the States, they were poor. No language, no nothing. My mother worked in a lab coat. My dad was a, a big engineer. They come here, they have no language, they have nothing, and they still manage to grow the ladder on their own. But it was always, can we have this? No, we, we can't. We don't have the money. Can we buy this? No, we don't have the money. Can we? And you're like, well, you know what? I'm going to make money one day, and I'm going to buy everything. So there's people who default to, well, we're just from a poor family, and we'll never amount to anything. That's just who we are. Or someone who's in a poor family is like, you know, I'm not going to live like this. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to have a lot of money and I'm going to do it right. So it's all about mindset. And it's a huge, huge piece of one of the things that I do is I help people identify their mindset. And then we help teach them how to change their mindset into where they want to go. Uh, And a lot of operating systems need to be deleted there's a, you know, there's, there's programs, you, we were programmed for a lot of things that we don't believe in, but yet we're still doing these things. And we're like, why am I doing this still? Oh, that's right. It was imposed on me because at the time, our parents only knew what they knew. You know, it's not like, oh, my parents, my parents. No, they only knew what they knew at the time that they, you know, raised you. So it's up to you as an adult. And I usually tell people, if you're 30 years old, you know, right from wrong. I'll give you to 30 and you can delete those programs. It's a choice and install new ones. So yes, it's, it's important. Well, and I believe that we create out of the contrast. So if we didn't have things that we didn't like, we wouldn't have any incentive to create new things. And that's how everything evolves. And when people say, well, they, they have a different opinion than I do. So I don't want to be around them. Well, first of all, we're all bred to be free humans, right? You try and restrict somebody, they're going to be like a bucking bronco and they're going to revolt. And that's why we have wars and things like that. We don't want everybody to think the same. We don't want this country to think like our country. We want the difference because in the discussion, it creates the new things. That's how we invent. That's how we create new processes, new 
thought patterns, things like that. It's how we evolve. And so I find it interesting when people really resist those blocks that we've been talking about, because they say they're a gift because they, they help you figure out this isn't working for me. I want to create something that does. Mm-hmm. It, 100%. Or, you know, you have that, that, that kid who's wanting to be, you know, a great musician, for example, you know, and then you have a teacher that goes, hmm, yeah, maybe this isn't for you. And then they come home and they're like, I don't think I'm as good as I thought I was. And we're like, well, you know, all these people say you're good and you're going to listen to one person. And that's really what it is, is that person, they're not being mean. They're not coming to like show up and go, I'm just going to be a jerk. They're showing up because you needed the push. Do you really want this? Do you really want to be number one in the world? I don't know if you do, because everyone's like, oh, you're so great. and You're so wonderful. But this one's like, I don't know if you're all that good. What do you do about it? And then they have to sit with it. So, and then you'll see, you'll hear Olympic medalists, gold medalists, but it was against all odds. And they're like, yeah, everyone said it couldn't be done, but, but yet you're here standing with a gold medal. How? Because I believed I could and I did. So I agree with you 1000%. Yeah. Okay. I could talk to you for hours, more hours. We'll have to have you back. In the meantime, please tell everybody how they can get in touch with you, how they can learn more about you and your work. Perfect. Uh, JacquelineLukic.com. And if you go on there, you can sign up for the newsletter. You can go in and you can schedule a session with an exploratory session. That's my website and all the information is there. And I think that's the best best place to go because you get to read a little bit more about what I do. And we have a little bunch of segments. We have events. We have retreats. It's wonderful. So yeah, it'd be awesome. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. Uh, what, a, what a fascinating conversation. We covered a lot of ground, my girl. Yeah. And uh, I really appreciate your knowledge and wisdom and guidance on all of these things. And I love how you merge everything together into a a, a soup of yeah. fabulousness, a fabulousness yeah. soup. How about that? <laughs> All right, everybody, that's it. We will catch you next time. Sending you lots of love from Sweet Home, Alabama, Mwah! and from <laughs> California, where Jacqueline is. And we'll see you soon. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan, and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.